Welcome back to just another fantasy football podcast, and we're going to do a quick intro today because we've got a long show recapping the draft, and that's where we're going to start recapping every fantasy position player that was drafted in rounds one through five, which is about 99.9% of the fantasy production in the NFL, Um, and then that last 1% basically comes from sixth, seventh, and undrafted free agents. We will talk about them at a later date, but we want to get as much packed into this show as we can. After that, we are going to give you our consensus meaning combined rankings for every prospect that we would actually want on our fantasy teams. It's not going to be 50 prospects. It's just the guys we actually really like. Again, there's going to be future episodes where we go deeper than that, but we'll explain kind of where we don't even want any more picks in this draft and what we would do with those picks. Then we're going to get into our trade of the week, which happened in the one league that we share a team. We own a team together where the draft started Saturday night of the NFL draft. And there's already been a couple huge trades. One of them was ours with pick 1.01 in a Superflex league. So we'll tell you what we got there. And we'll break down what's happened in that draft so far so you guys can kind of get an idea of what's happening in the earliest drafts that can possibly happen in Dynasty League. So Aaron, to jump right into it, let's talk about the fantasy players drafted in the NFL draft just the last couple days. Yeah, so obviously we'll start with round one. Um, I don't know how much you want to talk about Trevor Lawrence, but... uh... He was the first guy taken. Let's just, to talk to talk about Trevor Lawrence, I think we should just kind of give an idea to everybody. Where do we have him in our initial dynasty quarterback rankings right now? Like overall? Yeah. Well, where would you have him? In what range? You don't have to give the exact number. Overall in a startup, I'd have him around like four or five. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think he's definitely a top 10 quarterback. Um, I definitely have him ahead of guys like Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, um, even some stud quarterbacks that are a little bit older, I would still take you know the Josh Allen's, Kyler Murray's, obviously Patrick Mahomes over him for sure. Outside of those three, I don't know if I'm taking anybody else, so I think four is kind of a good spot for him. Um, we can talk about some of those debates later, but stud, we both love him. We like what they're doing around him. We like Urban Meyer. We, like, we want to see what's going to happen there, but we think he's got about as high of an upside as you can possibly have. So we can just kind of keep it rolling into the next one. Yeah, so then the Jets took uh, Zach Wilson following that at pick number two. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty low on Zach Wilson, so if you're asking me the same questions, I have him around quarterback 15. I know you're a little bit higher than him. Um, I, I just don't think, don't think he's got that much pedigree. I mean, he had a great season. I just don't think the pedigree's there. He, it's a one-year thing, and he did it with BYU, uh, low strength of schedule and then going to the Jets where everything's kind of still up in the air I mean this could be a a good fresh start for the Jets overall but um, we all know how the Jets have been so that that just adds a little bit of a a twinge to yeah I don't I don't know if the historic Jets conversation really is helpful for this in my opinion I like Zach Wilson I think he does have good pedigree he was actually a pretty big recruit coming out which is where I look at pedigree um he doesn't necessarily have the most consistent, you know, blow up college career. I think you mean a one year wonder kind of when you talk about pedigree. I have him right around QB 12 in a dynasty. I like his upside. I like his rushing ability as well. I think he's kind of electric. I think he's a boomer bust type of guy, but I kind of uh, compare him to Sam Darnold. I really like Darnold coming out and I still like him now in the Panthers. Um, and I think he's that kind of a prospect. I never liked Josh Rosen. Um, I don't like prospects like that that are just pure statues, which we'll talk about later. Um, And I have him in a group, basically, with the next two quarterbacks we're going to talk about. Um, So I think we can jump into pick three. I think these guys are right around QB 12. Pick your poison, basically, which one you want to trust. And I think taking a shot on them as your QB 1 on your team going forward would not be a bad thing. 
Yeah, so following the Zach Wilson pick, we have Trey Lance going to the Niners. Uh, keep in mind, uh, this cost the Niners three first-round picks, so it's quite the stamp of approval that the Niners organization and, and Shanahan's uh, putting on Trey Lance. I don't know if he's going to walk in and start. Um, there's always there's been the talk that Jimmy G is going to start, and they like to keep him around, so maybe they'll ease him into it. Maybe they'll give him the whole year. Who knows? Um, but it's quite the investment they have, and... Um, I like him over Wilson for sure. We both have him at 13. So like you were saying, we both have him um, up there. In the, so he would be higher than Wilson for me, um, but he's behind Wilson for you. So, Yeah, and again, I like all these guys. I like Wilson. I like Lance. I like Fields a lot. I'd be totally comfortable taking shots on any of them. I just happen to like Wilson the best. I think he's going to be given the longest rope. Um, I, I just I like the setup. I like what they're doing. Um, so, so I like Wilson. I love Lance. I mean, I think he's got huge upside, but I think he's got the biggest risk by far. I mean, the amount of games yeah. he played, the competition he played against, we all think we like him. We loved, I loved Carson Wentz. I still do like him, but he really hasn't hit his potential yet either. He's flashed. So I hope, you know, Lance isn't just that, but I think again, the 49ers are going to give him all the chances in the world, which is why I have them to ahead of Justin Fields, who we'll talk about later. But I think the investment in them is huge. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'd be fine taking a chance on any of them, and I think Lance has the biggest upside um, outside of Trevor Lawrence. All right, so then we have uh, the Falcons taking Kyle Pitts at four. Um, this was actually a pretty fun, like, fantasy first-round NFL draft because the top six yeah, after guys— that, After that, it died. I mean, yeah, but the top <laughs> six guys were uh, fantasy-relevant. That's not something you see all the time. Usually there's, like, a defensive end that creeps in there or maybe, like, a tackle, something like that. So it was fun to start the draft and have, you know— get immediate answers for these top six guys um as far as Pitts goes on the falcons i don't obviously Pitts is a monster he's the tight Listen, end everybody for... everybody likes him where do you have him in dynasty i think that's helpful for guys like him and trevor lawrence we always knew where they were going to go we knew we were going to like him where do you kind of have him in overall dynasty rankings yeah i still have him at tight end four behind uh kelsey kittle and waller i'd say he's you, you could put him at three at waller depending on uh your personal opinions but um i have him at four behind waller until we see something yeah, I agree. That's right where I have him, too. I mean, I, again, taking a shot on him in a dynasty draft, like a startup, is huge. I, I In one tight end, non-tight end premium leagues, I'm not reaching for him, though. I'm going to let him no. go a little bit further down the line because, you know, he has to be Kelsey. He has to be a stud if he's going to be worth that pick. So that's kind of Agreed. one of the things I'm, I'm worried about, kind of taking a shot on him that early above some guys we're going to talk about later. Just the position scarcity at wide receiver, running back, and even quarterback in a super flex league. He's going to fall a little further, I think, for us than most people are going to have him ranked in rookie drafts. Um, he went you know, earlier than I think he should have gone in our rookie draft we're doing right now. We'll tell you where that is at the end. Um, but you know, I, I think that overall I do like him, but quarter, or tight end is kind of a position I usually wait on. I know you wait even longer than me. Um, and if anything, I make a move to trade for a stud tight end that I believe in once I see it in the league. I've seen way too many high upside stud tight ends either take forever or just bust out and never really be worth paying for. So kind of scary yeah. to me, um, even though everybody, I think everybody's a little going a little too far with him personally. Um, but we'll see. What do we got next? My favorite guy. Uh, Jamar Chase going to the Bengals at five. Um, I think he's a stud. I mean, you'd, you'd like the landing spot to be, be better, but, I mean, you knew he was going, like, top six. So, I mean, the, your options are limited. Um, but I think he, he steps in. I think he steps in and he's immediately the wide receiver one on the Bengals. Um, I think that team will continue to improve. I actually like their draft, that they the rest of their draft that they did. So 
Uh, if they can shore up their offensive line in the in the immediate future, maybe next year, um, it would bode a lot better. But um, I think he steps in and he's he's the one and he's good to go. Him and Burrow reunited. Yeah, I actually think the landing spot, the more I think about it, the better I think it is. I think we overrate the right now. Um, Like Tyler Boyd could be gone in a year. Uh, T. Higgins is, I think, a prototypical number two wide receiver in the NFL. I think Chase can absolutely come in there, be a Julio Jones-type stud for a long time. I really like him. I like the connection. I like that You know, all the reports said they were considering Penny Sewell or him, and Joe Burrow pushed hard for him, so they drafted him. You don't know how much of that is true, but I like to think it is. I like to think that connection is going to be there. I think he's going to be – I think they're going to make sure they get him the ball. I think he's going to be a stud, and he is going to be on a lot of my teams. I'm going to target him. I'm going to try to get him as many places as I can. I love Jamar Chase. You'll be hearing his name on a lot of the drafts that I do that we recap. And then next we have Jalen Waddle reuniting with Tua in Miami. Um, he, I had him higher than Devontae Smith, and it seems like the Dolphins did as well. Um, so um, I'm going to run with that. And then pairing him up with Will Fuller and, and reunited with Tua, the chemistry they had in college, um, I think, yeah, I think they'll be fun to watch. Yeah, except he said he liked Mac Jones better. He said he liked Mac Jones better, which is That's always fine. weird. Um, and so we'll did uh, Devontae we'll Smith. We'll see. But I, this is the guy I'm probably going to have the least. Um, I hope people yeah, reach for him. him. I, I don't hate him at all. I think he's amazing. He's a guy Florida State missed on as a recruit, but we were in on. I, I really, really like him. It's a, it's a, like him and Justin Fields are weird because I really, really like him, but I don't think I'm going to have a ton of them. I just think wa- the whole Waddle thing to me is Miami's kind of a weird team. I don't know how much I trust Tua. They have a lot of weapons. But then at the same time, I don't love a lot of their weapons. I think they're going to be a defensive, lower-scoring team. I don't think they're going to be like – you know. I think the Bengals are going to be much more of a high-scoring team than the Dolphins. Um, I trust Joe Burrow more than I trust Tua. Like just, just comparing the Waddle and the Chase situations, it, it's vastly different to me. Now, he could be awesome. I think he's the most Tyreek Hill-like receiver, not Rondale Moore, like a lot of people say. I think he's super explosive. He's awesome. You can use him all over the place. But I just I have a feeling that you know I'm going to take some other guys higher than him in most drafts. You'll probably end up with him a lot. He's going to be a guy you like. Let's hope he's not Paris Campbell. Um, but you know that, that's just kind of my thought on Waddle. All right, next you have the Eagles trading up to get Devontae Smith. Oh, just another note for Waddle. Just keep in mind the Dolphins moved back up to that spot. So um, quite the investment in Waddle as well. I guess, but we don't really know that that's who they were targeting. But Right, who but whoever they picked, I mean, that they had to take that into account. Um, so the Eagles traded up for Devontae Smith at 10. Again, um, we knew he was going to go top 10, top 12 at least. Um so and then the rumors late coming out that the Giants were interested in him made the Eagles um, make that small little leap to go up and get him. Um, I don't think it's the worst landing spot. I mean, if you went on the Giants, that I feel like that would have been worse. Um, so I don't mind him coming into the Eagles. I immediately think he's the one over Rager. Rager had like a pretty lackluster rookie seasons. I know you don't like um, uh, what's his name? I'm blanking. Jalen Hurts. Quarterback. Jay, I know you yeah, don't like Jalen Hurts, yeah. and that's going to be the crux of your argument against Devontae Smith, but I know you liked him more than Waddle, so um, maybe those two even out a little bit, but um, I think it was a pretty good pretty good landing spot. He's still in the top three receivers. Nothing nothing from these three to have him drop um, beyond behind some of these other guys. To me, this is the one where I have to keep telling myself it's Dynasty, and he is 
a rocket ship to me. I'm going to love him. I'm going to take him over Waddle everywhere. I'm going to take him over Pitts everywhere. I think he's the number one there. I think he's awesome. I think he's a great prospect. I don't care how small he is. I do hate Jalen Hurts, but either I'm going to be right and Jalen Hurts isn't going to be their quarterback in two years, or I'm going to be wrong and Jalen Hurts is going to be good, so Devonta Smith is going to be good. So I feel like I'm going to just kind of trust that long-term dynasty thing. I might not be all over him in redraft this year, but he's going to go high for me. I like him. He's a top 15 dynasty wide receiver right now for me. Um, Chase is a top 10 dynasty wide receiver right now for me. Yeah, I love these two guys. Um, I think that those are the two wide receivers I'm really going to target as many drafts as I can. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Devonta Smith is this year's Justin Jefferson, and he does way better than everybody thinks he can. I think he's got a great combination of everything. Smart wide receiver, knows how to play, knows how to run the routes, is still fast enough, has great hands. He's just the type of guy that I like to bet on. I could be wrong, and again, I don't like the quarterback situation, but I'm going to take the long-term view, um, and I think the probability is he's going to be a stud. All right, your boy's next. Yeah, my boy. Um, so once we got to this point in the draft, it was Justin Fields fallen. Who's going to be the team to end up with them? And the Bears traded up to get their guy and Justin Fields. They traded up to 11. Um, QB2 for me all the way. Never wavered. Um, round one had me a little bit shook watching this. And I was just like, yeah, the Bears are not that great. But then, you know, after it sat for a day, I was like, well, I mean, I would have preferred for him to go to the Niners at three or maybe Denver took him. But um, outside of that, uh, it's hard for me to find a better landing spot. Washington would have been better, I think, too. Yeah, okay, yeah. But um, I I, I view those Washington and Chicago as pretty close. He's going to come in and change the situation. That's what we have to hope. He's going to come in, change the team, make them explosive. They've got some good wide receivers. I like Montgomery. We'll be talking about him again later. Just wait. Um, The tease. Uh, but I think that whole team is going to get a lot better with Justin Fields. I like him a lot. I, and, you know, it's going to sound like I hate him on this podcast compared to how you like him. But I have him as the 13 quarterback overall in uh, Dynasty Startup. So I still love him. I'd be fine with him if he was your quarterback one on your startup team. And I think we can keep it rolling. We like the situation. We like the landing spot enough. Um, it could have been a lot worse. So Justin Fields, stud. Who's next? Mac Jones at 15, so it always seems the Patriots always get a guy that just falls right to him. Um, we're not saying Mac Jones is, you know, was supposed to go like top five or anything like that. I mean, there are rumors. Sure, but, he was. Um, but he, I mean, he was he was the fifth quarterback. Everyone had him as the fifth quarterback. What the NFL teams do, I mean, that's who knows. But um, it seems like the Patriots just stayed pat and they and they got um, one of these quarterbacks to fall to them, and they they were quick to pull the trigger. I'm not a fan of Mac Jones personally, but I mean. Again, outside of you know these late guys that were like Denver, Washington, Chicago, Patriots, I mean, those are the only four teams you kind of had to go. And if you're going to write the narrative for a non-athletic, you know, supposed to be like super smart, uh, knowing the game quarterback to He's go to. He's the most athletic quarterback in the okay. pocket. Come yeah, on, you in heard the pocket. With that caveat, <laughs> Adam Schefter's trying to get that little caveat in there, in the pocket, whatever that means. Yeah, so here's, here's my thoughts on Mac Jones. I think he's going to be the Daniel Jones and Justin Herbert of this draft that we're going to have in a bunch of leagues, and he could go either way. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be Justin Herbert. He could be. I don't know if he's going to be as bad as Daniel Jones has been. He could be, but I think he's the one that's going to slide. I don't hate the 
landing spot. I don't think it's going to be great this year, but I think long-term, those two tight ends are studs. I think they're going to work on the receiving core. I think that Josh McDaniels is a stud coach. So I, I, I'd be fine having him. I'd take him late, high, early in the second round is where I'd hope to get him in a lot of super flex leagues, and I think I will because I think he's the one that's going to fall. And I think, I mean, I would, if it's him and Jalen Waddle, I would look at my situation and my team, and I may take him over Jalen Waddle. I may take him over Kyle Pitts, depending on what my team looks like. I know a lot of people are probably going to disagree Ooh. with me on that, but I'm I think, I mean, just what we've turned Herbert into, what we've turned Daniel Jones into after his first year, I just think some of these quarterbacks with their upside, um, they can just be so much higher than if the wide receiver is just kind of like, eh. I probably won't. Like right now I have them ranked behind those two guys, but I would consider it in, in certain situations. All right, next we have the Giants at 20 after they traded back with the Bears. Uh, they selected Kadarius Toney. Um, we said this on the I said this on the wide receiver podcast that we did going into this. He's a guy that I'm not going to be able to really be as low on anymore if he sneaks into the first round. Um, the Giants aren't the greatest landing spot, I'll be honest. But um, he ro- he didn't rise up to like top ten, top twelve into that tier. But I mean, he rose relative to where I had him. I think a lot of people either loved him and the fact that he goes in the first round either confirmed that for them or a lot of people like me were pretty low on him and the fact that he's got that pedigree um, now um, makes them reevaluate where they stand on him. So that's funny. I, a knee-jerk reaction, I moved him up, but then after I sat and thought about it for like a second, I moved him back down. <laughs> I'm not going to own him anywhere. I don't want anything yeah. to do with the guy that's the second or third or fourth target on the Giants. Like That's not something I'm interested in. My Kenny Galladay love has been loud on this podcast and in my life, and I have him on every dynasty team. I'm still going to ride for him, but I still don't love Daniel Jones. I still don't love the team in general. I think they're going to try to run the ball a ton. Um, I don't think they're going to be very good. So that's not like a combination that I want for a gadget player on a bad team. And I really think that's all he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be Tyreek Hill. So I'm not going to own him anywhere, it would be my guess. Unless it's like a Chase Claypool thing where everybody else also hates him and I can get him in the third round. Okay, then I'll take a shot on him. But, I mean, maybe late second round, whatever. But way past where he should fall. Um, Like I'm not even going to take him top 20 rookie dynasty pick and he went top 20 in the freaking NFL draft. So, I I mean, and then Urban Meyer apparently loved him and was heartbroken when – the the Giants took him like you know maybe Urban's gonna retire again because you know you know he has a weak heart, um, <laughs> but like I just to me that's this is a guy I'm just gonna shoot my shot on and avoid at all costs. Yeah, I'd agree unless he's there and it's he's he's clearly better than the next option, which you know. Well, I think I think a lot of people are gonna be more like you and they're gonna be like, do I want him or do I want? You know, I don't know, you know, throw some Michael Carter, like, you know, a fifth round or fourth round running back. Do I really want him yeah. or do I want a first round wide receiver? I'm definitely going to go with the pedigree in the first round wide receiver. I'm going to go with Michael Carter all day, every day. We'll talk about him more later, but I love that landing spot and I liked him pre-draft. I'm going to stick with that this year, see how it goes. And I'm going to take him over Kadarius Tony all day long. All right. Next, we have the Steelers standing pat and getting Najee Harris at 24. Um, RB1 smash landing spot. Best you could possibly ask for. I don't think there really needs to be anything else. No. Not a lot to say. Super stud. Love everything about it. All in on him. Absolutely running back one. He's in a tier of his own now yep. um, in my rankings. And it's him and Chase, in my opinion, and then everybody else for the non-quarterbacks. Yeah. The, so the next pick was actually kind of shocking, more or less, uh, with the Jaguars following that up with selecting Travis Etienne. A lot of people... Um, we're hoping that Robinson was going to survive the draft and, and they'd keep his value. A lot of people were saying sell, sell, sell because they're going to take someone. Um, and then right after they pick him, 
Urban saying, we're going to use uh, Etienne as our third down back. You know, Hyde and Robinson are going to be a one-two punt, whatever that means. I don't buy into it, so um, I don't like the pit. I don't like the landing spot in general because he does have more competition than, say, Najee Harris, obviously. But I don't, I'm not taking Urban Meyer at his word that they just spent a first-round draft pick on this guy. He's going to be playing behind Carlos Hyde. So I think he's going to get a little bit more work than what Urban Meyer is maybe saying that right now that he's going to be getting. And then obviously we see with these rookie running backs by the by the time of, by the end of their rookie season, you know, they've established themselves um, where they're either dominating a timeshare or completely dominating the backfield. Um, it comes along during their rookie season. So this is one I've got to go the other way on from Tony. Like I agree, I don't love the landing spot, but just like J.K. Dobbins and some guys last year, Jonathan yep. Taylor, who who seemed like they were the backup, I wasn't really sure. I'm still gonna get. Etienne in plenty of places. I still like him. I kind of have the same feeling with Javante Williams. It's like they're not going to come in as the locked-in starter, but they have to be the long-term plan. Um, I like both of the offenses. I think both of the offenses could be good. The Denver still needs a quarterback, but you know. So I think I'm looking more long-term with Etienne. I am going to end up with him places. He's definitely way behind Harris, in my opinion. He's with all the wide receivers now, which before I probably would have would have had him above all the non-chase wide receivers. I like it fine. First-round pick, great pedigree, good offense. Like I said, probably going to be fun great quarterback so i'll end up with a place i'm not super excited about it but i'm not going to let that drop him down um in a tier that he doesn't belong in i think that would be foolish um he's way ahead of Kadarius tony in my opinion no matter what urban meyer says okay. um so yeah i'm, I'm still going to end up with him i'm not super excited about the landing spot but it is what it is all right and then rounding out the first round we have the ravens selecting rashad bateman at 27 we knew they were going to take a wide receiver with one of these two picks or at least it was heavily rumored we didn't know who it was going to be whether it's going to be elijah moore terrace marshall rashad bateman i actually really like the landing spot i mean as far as getting the opportunity right out the gate um i think he walks in and he's immediately the wide receiver one um hollywood brown's the only one that has something to say about that and he hasn't really been doing much lately if at all um so I know it's not sexy, it's not, and everyone, the rumors going around, Lola Lamar, Jackson can't throw, they don't use wide receivers, whatever, whatever, whatever. I'll take the guy that I had ranked as like a top, he was my wide receiver four going in, he goes into the Ravens who, who don't have anyone. I'll take that opportunity all day. Yeah, I, I think that we both like this. Again, it's not the perfect landing spot, but it, it's, it's definitely a need. He's going to get volume, hopefully enough volume, being number one slash two with Hollywood there. I think Lamar Jackson can still be good at throwing. Um, I think Bateman is awesome. We talked about how much we both liked him. First-round pick, which is always fun. I hope he doesn't turn into – you know, the Corey Coleman's of the world, the Nikhil Harry's, um, Josh Doxson, all those guys that were first round picks and just huge busts, even though they had bodies that kind of seemed like they worked. I like him. Team's going to be good. They're going to score a lot of points. Hopefully he's going to be a guy taking a lot of leagues because he's not sexy and people are probably going to take some of these second round wide receivers over him. Yep. But I still like him. I'm going to take him and I'm going to hope and pray that the Ravens take a Bills-like step with a quarterback who looks like he can't throw. Hopefully he learns how to throw a little bit better, and they open up the offense, score a bunch of points, and all the wide receivers eat. Um, and hopefully he's got a digs-like bump coming into his future, hopefully. If there's one thing I learned as of recently um, with Josh Allen, um, things can improve. And always buy – if you're in on a prospect, always buy the dip. 
and and we always loved Diggs, and so we got him in a couple places, and it was awesome because we we knew he was a stud. When he got traded to the Bills, it was just like nope, everyone was jumping ship, and it was like I mean I'll buy him for cheap. And the same thing with like, it's not that big of a player, but Derek Carr last year, everyone was like don't want he's gonna get replaced. He's he's dead. He's like I would have taken him as like a QB two for really cheap in like a super flex super flex league, but now everyone's seems to be at least higher than last year on him, and so. His value went up, and he was serviceable last year. So, I mean, and a lot of people thought he was completely useless going into last year. So, um, the the knee-jerk reaction after the NFL draft, or le- even leading up to the NFL draft for established veterans, um, I would always, if you like the prospect, if you if and they and the NFL loves the prospect, they're drafting him in round one. I would buy the I would. I'd buy the dip or buy get them later you know maybe if they fall to the second round take advantage of that yeah just value just value yeah okay so we're going to move it quicker on the other rounds now that we finished the first round who's the first yeah. one in the second round so the jets wasted no time and they snatched up elijah moore um with the 34th overall pick in the second round to the jets um this is going to go hand in hand with my Zach Wilson. I like Elijah Moore, I, I, so I mean I'm not dropping him too much based on this. But um, I'm if I dropped him at all, it's only because of Zach Wilson. Outside of that, I think it's a great landing spot, and I think he's a great player. And and then the the capital is obviously there. That's so stupid. Whatever to drop whatever. him because of Zach Wilson. Like whatever. Dro- okay. I mean, drop him. So any, well, you that's can't you just drop said you're gonna drop him because of Zach Wilson. I think I, like a I, slot, like a slot maybe. There might be one guy I like better than him. One guy, whatever. I think he's awesome. I like I like Elijah Moore. We talked about him already on the preview. Um, he's one of my favorite wide receivers. He's one that rose a lot for me the more I watched him this offseason and read about him and, and what he's like and what he does on the field. I think he went to a great situation where there's a lot of targets. I think him and Corey Davis could be a really good duo going forward. Again, I think he's kind of in the wide receiver three range as his career. You know, I think a high-end two um, is kind of his ceiling. But, again, that's going to be a good pick to take, you know, early second round hopefully in these drafts we'll see um we'll talk about where we have him ranked but i like him he's one of the fun guys there's not a ton of guys i love in this draft um but he's going to be one that i target that i try to get that i'll be happy if he ends up on a couple of my teams all right then the next pick at 35 we have the broncos trading up to get javante williams like you were saying with etienne maybe not the sexiest landing spot this year like now with melvin gordon being there but um we have to trust that that his talent and, and the pedigree and the capital they spent on him that he's going forward he's going to be the guy so this year might be a little rocky he might be playing second fiddle to melvin gordon halfway throughout the year and and take it over at the end of the year or maybe it maybe it's earlier maybe it's later um but um he's definitely one of the big three running backs and and um, this was a this was a good landing spot i think for maybe not immediately for the immediate impact but um for year two and beyond, I think this is a solid landing spot. Yeah, he's one of the ones that's going to change big time in your startup dynasty drafts if you're building yep. a team that's kind of going for it or if you're building a younger team. Because if you're building a younger team, he shoots up for me. If you're kind of building a team that's ready to win in the next two years, he's going to drop down for me. Um, I really like him, but I think the landing spot's kind of grosser than we think, not just because Melvin Gordon, but they always seem to have two running backs. They always seem to have somebody else eating into what the guy that seems like he should be a stud is doing. So keep an eye on that. I think right now, though, just in a vacuum, I like him more than Etienne. I had them as prospects back and forth, and I kind of ended with Williams above Etienne. So I, I, I'm probably flip flop a bunch more times, but right now they are my tier two. Harris is a tier ahead of them, um, and I have them two kind of a tier. We both like him. We we like the landing spot enough. 
Um, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't like Detroit where him and Swift are going to battle it out. Like he's eventually right. going to be the guy. Melvin Gordon's going to move on. Um, he'll probably, you know, have some flashes and some big I, – I kind of feel like he's going to be like Nick Chubb's rookie year where we're going to be wanting more from him, but he's going to flash. He's going to have some big plays. He's going to have some big games. And maybe by yeah. the end of the year we'll be able to use him. Um, so that's kind of what I foresee for him is I think he'll have a slower start, but hopefully he gets, you know, five or six carries to show what he can do during the game, kind of like Chubb did, um, and show that he can be a stud once he gets the job. And then when Carlos Hyde gets traded at the 11th hour, then everything changes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, and then Who's next? we have – uh, the Cardinals selecting Rondale Moore at 49th overall. I know you're not great on this pick, um, but the silver lining I can see is that, okay, so we all know the Cardinals don't use a tight end. They're running four wide receivers and whatnot. Um, I think Rondale Moore is a good complement to DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is like a good like possession contested ball um, receiver. He's not as quick or you know for that underneath stuff and, and – um, quick twitch yak all that stuff um so i think rondo moore slides right into that i think christian kirk was kind of supposed to be that a few obviously before deandre hopkins got there before any of the coaching staff got there this is kirk's going on like year four now i think um so i'm not saying that that kings they tried to do this last year but um i think that's what everyone thought kirk was going to be when he got drafted four years ago or whatever um but i think now with deandre hopkins there and Christian Kirk kind of mellowing out and just kind of being like a plateau kind of receiver his whole career so far. I think uh, Rondell Moore gives a little bit of like the quick twitch juice underneath uh, for Kyler Murray. I mean, I don't think he's a bad pick for this offense or like a bad NFL pick. I'm my kind of beef with him is for him to be a fantasy asset that we really want. He has to be Tyree kill. Basically he, uh, he's just so small. Like, yes, he's explosive, but he's never going to be, in my opinion, like an Antonio Brown type number one receiver. That's going to destroy you with his route running and his hands and his awesome catches. Like he's got to be kind of a physical freak, get him in space and make these huge explosive plays like Tyree kill did his rookie year. And we were all like, Oh, okay. You know, he doesn't need that many touches and he can still be a guy you want to start every week. I don't see it. Um, I think he's got some upside. I mean, he's got some, you know, maybe he's Tyler Lockett, I guess, you know, if he's not Tyree Kill. I still have him above Tony by one spot, so I don't hate him or anything. I think he's a mid-second round pick. He's like take a shot on him guy, but definitely not a guy I'm going to be super excited to draft or I'm never going to be excited if I'm going into a season where I'm like, okay, he's locked in at my flex or he's locked in as my wide receiver three. I just don't ever see him getting there like as the type of prospect he is or on this offense that's really going to spread it out like even this DeAndre Hopkins was not getting fed a million targets by the end of the year last year so I just he's not a guy I'm super excited about but I do like him as a prospect and I'm not saying I'm going to avoid him like Tony all right next we have the Steelers at 55 overall taking Pat Fryermuth. Um, yeah this is a I think this is kind of I mean, gross this is whatever this is kind of gross um tight ends ought to obviously take a long time to develop so i mean that's the fear of drafting tight ends pretty early in dynasty startups and then you you throw in the fact that you know ben's on his last leg and you don't know what the future looks like and then also he's probably like the fourth option in the passing game like at best even we've after, done this like, before Juju leaves yeah we've done this before everybody pass. knows who he is he's adam troutman it's like if you want yeah, to take a shot pass. in the third round, fine. You know, and he's got a good quarterback now. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? He's Adam Troutman. It's like if you want to take a shot, go for it. Whatever, we'll see what happens. Yep. And then next uh, we have the Seahawks taking Dwayne Eskridge um, at the fifty-sixth overall pick. 
I didn't really, I wasn't really too high on Dwayne Eskridge, so maybe you have more to. Uh, to me, like, again, I think he's going to be good for real life football. Like, I think he's another weapon for them, which is fun. Um, but I think he's almost like a handcuff. I, I only think he's really going to be fantasy relevant if somebody gets hurt or they get rid of Lockett, who they just resigned, um, or something yeah. happens with DK, whatever. Like, that's the only reason I think we turn him into an, a fantasy guy. Like, he's going to be David Moore who like we own on a lot of teams we didn't drop like we held him because he had some like flashes he scored some touchdowns you know i think he's a better version of david moore um i like him for real life football but i i just can't get it it's too it's a lot of draft capital you know like this is where he was supposed to go i think this is good capital this will for be him your good Claypool. pedigree if yeah, you'll get him in the third I, yes. that he was taking his second exactly. you can get him super late and he pans out awesome and we'll but see what happens exactly i'm not taking him in the second round of like a rookie draft even with yeah. the even with the way this draft turned out and even though he's got um, a stud quarterback right and then so the following pick we have 57 overall the rams select 2-2 atwell this was pretty high i know a lot of people were saying he he could sneak into the first round i wasn't buying that but i'm i'm all the way out on 2-2 atwell seems like the, the rams always draft um i think in this slot last year they drafted van jefferson who's who's what who's turned out to what exactly he's and, fine um, but not a fantasy yeah, I mean, guy for, for the for the nfl like like for the NFL, he's a good third option. Then you're adding in Tutu Atwell, who's who's supposed to be like you were saying, Tavon Austin light, but like super light because he's like 140 pounds. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do. This could also be called, fall into that Claypool discussion no, where you take a shot on this. I mean, no, not, he's I'd not rather take a shot Claypool. on. I'd rather take a shot on like Fryermuth and even maybe even some backup quarterbacks. If you're stuck to thirds and fourths, I would take a shot on him as opposed to just flushing it down the toilet with someone who doesn't have draft capital or or maybe you don't like as much. But the reason you can't call him Chase Claypool is because you can squint and be like, Chase Claypool could actually be a number one top 12 wide receiver dynasty. You know that is literally never happening with Tutu out. Like, he's a guy I I probably wouldn't. I, I just. Like, yeah, maybe if my draft goes five rounds, I might end up with him, but yeah. I'm not taking him in the top 36 of any rookie draft. I can squint and look at one of these tight ends or even a backup quarterback and take my chance with them in a super flex league over 2-2 Atwell. I'd agree. All right, next we have uh, at 59 overall, the Panthers selecting Terrace Marshall Jr. This was a big one, I think. Yeah, this was – I I thought he was going to go earlier, and I thought it was weird that he went to the Panthers, um, but I still – kind of like him he's still up there in my um wide receiver ranks he's not he fell obviously from pre-draft and you know he was in the the four five six discussion i think now he's more in like the six seven discussion um for myself i just realized that i have him ranked higher than you which is pretty shocking to me um because you've always liked him more than me but i went back and forth on him so i liked him a lot in the beginning then i kind of dropped him down when i felt like the the injury red flags like the nfl really had a problem with them which is why he fell in the draft and when you're taking a guy based on his physicality and his size speed combo yet he's got a foot injury and some stuff that the nfl scared about that scares me a little bit so i dropped him down a little bit then i dropped him even more with landing spot but i decided to bump him back up landing spot i like sam darnold i don't i don't like robbie anderson um, I don't think Robbie Anderson's a long-term thing. So again, this is kind of that dynasty outlook. Like I, Terrace Marshall's really young, still going to be there for a long time. Him and DJ Moore, I think, is a perfect one-two punch. Um, so I'm hoping Dirty Rob gets out of the way, you know, sooner rather than later. I hope Sam Darnold's good. I like Matt Rule. I like the offense. So I'm going to bet on that a little bit. He's going to be a guy. I'm going to take ahead of the Rondale Moore, Darius Tony types because again, I look at him and I see 
potential stud wide receiver one in the NFL. Is it going to happen? Probably not. But at least they can squint and try to see something like that, which I don't think I can see with Rondale Moore or Kadarius Toney, no matter how good they kind of show or how good of prospects they are, even that they got drafted higher than him. So that's kind of where I'm at in Terrace Marshall. Uh, cautiously optimistic, not super excited about him, but I'm going to end up with him in some places. And I think he's got some upside because I think Darnold's good, offense good, and he is a prototype to, of a uh, wide receiver one. Yeah, I think this goes in like the hand in hand with the conversation I was having like before the draft is that if you like the prospect, you like the draft, the draft capital, but the landing spot's bad, you can't like just completely write them off or dip them. Like you gotta, you you can squint and say like there's a way, there's a way that he's fantasy relevant. There's a way that he's a. I would say the draft capital is medium. I wouldn't say it's good draft capital. I think he if he went twenty seven, like he fell to the sixth round. No, but I mean he dropped, dude. Like he was supposed to be a first round okay. pick. Well, I mean that's that's in, in the perspective of the re- how the rest of the draft went. I wouldn't completely sure. Write him okay, off. well that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it was it was historically bad in my opinion, which we'll talk about when we get to our rankings at the end of the show. In my opinion, this is one of the worst fantasy rookie drafts that we're going to go into in this season right here. So just just a little peek into the future. Sell your later picks, even if it's just for next year picks. All right, go ahead. Then we have the Bucks selecting Kyle Trask. Um, just up in Superflex, a potential shot late in the sure. third round. If I you want really... to handcuff him to Brady, if I don't have Brady, I'm not looking to Trask. If I have Brady, I may consider him third round. Yeah, same thing. Kellen Mond, Viking, 66 overall. So now we're into the same third round. Thing. Yep, same, same exact thing. Yep, same exact thing. If I have Cousins, maybe. Davis Mills is falls kind of in the same thing. I do think it's kind of weird that Houston don't doesn't have any draft capital in the first pick they do have. They select a quarterback. We all know what's going on with Watson. And whatnot, so that could be potentially interesting. That would make me put him over Mond and Trask. I had him over them over them previously anyway, but um, it could be kind of interesting. In yeah, Houston. he was my he was my sixth favorite quarterback. If they're just breaking it down to the studs and building it back up, I think he's got again highest upside of all these guys. He was definitely kind of in a tier of his own behind the top five, obviously, but ahead of Mond and Trask for me. Um, I also think he's got the best path to playing time. He's a guy I actually would be a little more excited to take in the third round of a Superflex draft more than Trask or Mond. Like I'm only touching yeah. him if I have Cousins or Brady, but Mills I could be talked into. Mills could be starting football this year just yeah. by default. Just by default. Trask or Mon, something has to happen or someone has to play extremely bad for that for them to even be an option. Which is possible um, with your team, not yeah. with mine. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, then 78 overall, we have the Chargers selecting Josh Palmer. I didn't even know who this was. Peter said that I would like him, so maybe Peter can shed a little. If anything needs to be shed, I, he's kind of like a size speed guy again. He's a size speed guy again. Um, like he's got the upside. See, now this is kind of more on the uh, Brian Edwards and and yeah. Van Jefferson. Like he's that type of guy where it's like eh, maybe I could like him. He's not going to be a guy I'm going to target only because. I think they've got so many good pass catchers on that team. Their running back takes so much of the pass catching away. We're going to talk about a certain tight end I mentioned pre-draft that they're going to take soon that I actually really like and am going to target. Um, uh, and, and again, I would like him and take that tight end way over this wide receiver. So again, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up being good, but he's not somebody I'm going to bet on. Next, we have the Dolphins at 81 overall, taking Hunter Long. Um completely out on him not gonna touch him anywhere probably. yeah just keep riding along he's whatever i mean gasek there's just too many guys there and then again it's Tua, and i don't think they're gonna be a super high powered high scoring offense so taking their second tight end not nah, keep it moving 
82 overall, we have the football team, the Washington football team, taking Diami Brown. I was low on Diami Brown going into this. The landing spot of Washington didn't really make it any better, so I think I'm just going to stay about where I was or maybe even move him down a little bit lower. I'm not, I'm not too crazy about him. So to me, here's another Chase Claypool candidate. He yeah, looks like a that. good wide receiver, and with, with Fitzpatrick just throwing bombs, just IDGAF, up to Diami Brown, who's running past corners. Like I could see people getting excited about it, get excited about him, him having a couple big games. But just like I did with Claypool in a couple leagues, if I have Diami Brown anywhere, I'm selling him as soon as anybody's in on him. Um, I just don't trust it. Again, a lot of guys on that team, a team that I don't really trust the front office on. Um, but again, a Chase Claypool candidate. Where if you want to take a shot late with him and, and hope that it, you know, his stock goes up so you can sell him, by all means. Yeah, I didn't really have him too too high, and then but I know a lot of people had him up there with like Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, all that. So I he's he's probably about staying where where I had him, which was pretty low. But prospect wise, I think he is in the Rondell Moore range. I like Elijah Moore a little bit better, but to me, I do think he's a similar, not similar prospect, but similar prospect grade to Rondell Moore. All right, next we have the Panthers taking Tommy Tremble at 83 overall. Um, I actually kind of like this landing spot a little bit, but. With tight end being tight end in fantasy, we all know how long it goes along. I'm, I'm probably not going to be getting him unless it's super late in one of these in, in third or fourth, fifth round. When the scouting report says decent blocker, not much of a pass catcher, but could grow into that, I'm not interested. I mean, I pass. like the landing spot, but yeah, I'll pass on that. There's only two tight ends I'm going to be excited about in this entire draft, and we haven't gotten to the second one yet. All right, next we have the Packers trading up to get Aaron Rodgers. A weapon, finally. Thought this was going to appease him on day two. We have Amari Rodgers going to the Packers. I love this landing spot. It's awesome. I know a lot of people are going to be on that trail, too. So, like, if you want him, you're going to have to. And you have one of these, you know, mid to early second round picks. If you really want him, you're going to have to grab him. Because everyone's saying, wide receiver went to the Packers. Like, they're going to, their stock's going up whoever it was so yeah. if you if you're the one that wants him you're gonna have to take him probably earlier than um you know trying to let him fall to you per yeah se. it's he's i really i mean obviously we all love the landing spot we like that they traded up for him um i think there's gonna be plenty of targets for him i think he's a good enough prospect he's not my favorite guy that could have landed there i'm gonna end up with him a lot again a guy i put above rondell moore above Kadarius tony personally i'd rather go on a guy like this who i think is just a half tier below those guys but the landing spot in the quarterback is so much better um that i'm gonna be in on him um i like him i think he's good enough again he's used to being in good offenses with good quarterbacks so he's somebody i'm gonna take a shot on in some leagues mid-second round. All right, then at 88 overall, we have the 49ers trading up to get Trey Sermon. Um, this is probably going to be, you know, a lot of people are, that are hungry for running backs outside of those top three. This is going to be probably the consensus like RB4 or 5, depending on depending on how you look at it. So, um, again, this is uh, – it's – for what it is, I don't think he's a he's a stud running back that's going to come in, and then we it just muddies kind of the backfield a little bit more. But of what we have, he's RB four. To me, I don't know. He's he's barely RB four for me. I have him and Carter right. right next to each other personally. So many running backs there, always splitting carries. Everybody seems to get hurt. He's a guy that's gotten hurt a lot. Um, but I do love pedigree. I'm a sucker for a big recruit playing well, running back at Oklahoma and then Ohio State is about as good of a pedigree as you can get. A stud in a couple big games at Ohio State. Um, 
but this is the total boomer bust guy. Like yeah. I can see him being the Antonio Gibson of this process that kind of rises as we go. And somebody that's drafting Saturday like us takes Travis Etienne in the first round and Trey Sermon goes late second. And then he trading Trey Sermon or Etienne for Trey <laughs> Sermon straight up, which happened in our league last year for Swift, for Gibson straight up like a, a couple weeks after the draft. A but day I, after the draft. Yeah, whatever. The guy was an idiot. He took him at six and then Antonio Gibson went third round. But this is what I, I could see people hyping him up, getting super excited about him i'll take him if he falls to a good value round or if i really need a running back i would take him over you know maybe rashad bateman elijah moore who i like better than him but i could see the the position value kind of bumping him right ahead of them if i really needed a running back just because he's got the upside he does have the upside you can't argue with that but he is far from a sure thing he's like the daryl hendersons of this draft where it's like somebody's going to reach on him and i could see it going either way with him but you can't ask for a better landing spot all right, next we have the Texans trading up to select my guy, Nico Collins. Uh, on the wide receiver episode, me and Peter had a bet between Nico Collins and Tamorion Taylor to see who would be... Terry, Terry, the disrespect is wow. just... Wow, yeah, the disrespect I just don't even is know real. his name. Once you're undrafted, I just forget your name. That was Listen, a- once Terry takes over for DK Metcalf and he takes that <laughs> spot on the, on the Seahawks, you're going to be eating these words. Something's got to go extremely wrong for that to happen, but... I like this pick. Um, I watch. I'm a Michigan fan, so I watch a lot of Michigan football. Um, I know a lot of people think our receivers suck, but the truth is, our quarterback has sucked since probably Chad Henney might have been like the best quarterback we've had of my lifetime, um, aside from Brady. But Brady wasn't really that good in college. Um, but so I like the pick. I think our Donovan Peoples Jones was good. I think Nico Collins was actually better than him, um, as far as. Uh, well, I sure watching hope so. watching the game. So, yeah, and I mean, obviously, he got drafted much higher than DPJ did last year. So, if I think he was actually a unrestricted free agent or like a seventh round pick, but I like Nico Collins. The Texans they're stripping it down to the studs. I think he can walk in and be the wide receiver two behind Brandon Cooks immediately. I think a lot of other people kind of see that as well. And uh, like I said to Peter earlier even bad football teams have to play football so if if you know he's gonna get tar- if he's if he's the wide receiver two and he's getting playing time he's gonna get targets he's gonna get fed he has that opportunity to walk right in and be a guy that's playing football it's getting targets it's getting catches i think that's more than you can say for a lot of these other guys um that will be taking after him it's a pure volume play i, I mean i think he's got a chance to be there, but they could just take somebody in the first round next year, and then he's totally irrelevant. So this, I mean, this could go either way. I kind of have him in the Kadarius Tony range, which is saying a lot for a guy that was a first round pick. Um, but I'll I'll go back and forth between them and probably hedge my bets on leagues in the you know late second, early third, whether I go Tony or Nico Collins. But that's kind of where I see him. Again, he's a guy you can kind of squint and talk yourself into him maybe being a wide receiver too in the NFL one day. We'll see what happens. But I'm not super excited about him, but he's good enough. All right, then we have 91 overall. The Browns taking Anthony Schwartz. Didn't even know who this was before the draft. Apparently he's super fast. I didn't really see it. I have no no interest interest in him in any league. On that offense, I mean, a bunch of stuff would have to happen to make him relevant. All right, now we'll go to your boy, Trey McKitty at 97 overall to the Chargers. 
this is my guy. This is tight end two. The spot is awesome. Like, go sit behind Jared Cook for a year. It takes time for tight ends anyways. Uh, tight end premium leagues, I'm probably going to take him in the second round. Normal leagues, I'll probably take him in the third round. I'll probably have him in a ton of leagues. He'll sit on my bench. I might end up cutting him in a year or two, but I think he's got the ability. Georgia didn't throw him any passes. The scouting report is he's the best inside inline blocker of all the tight ends of this draft, and I watched him myself, and I know that he can run those seam routes. He can run the underneath stuff and be a guy that gobbles up targets and gobbles up catches as a tight end with a stud quarterback we love. I'm going to take a shot and take a flyer on Trey McKitty in a lot of leagues. All right, now we're on to the fourth round. So some of these names, I'm just going to just mention the name and just kind of glaze over. I don't think we'll have much to talk about some of these guys, but we start with 107 at the Jets, Michael Carter. I'll let you do your thing. Um, I think he's RB, uh, what are we at? RB5? I think that's, him that's where you are, have are right. Yeah, I think him and Sermon are kind of the same thing. If you need a running back, they're, they're going to be options in the second round. But I, I wouldn't expect them to be other second round like RB options like in the past. My thought on him is he's got an opportunity in the offense, potentially the worst running back room. Um, is the team that he goes to. I like Zach Wilson. I like this offense. We've already kind of talked about Elijah Moore. I think they're on the way up. I think this draft class could have a lot to say about what the Jets look like in the future. And I like him as a prospect. Again, he's not going to be a 20-carry guy, but I think he could be a 15-touch Austin Eckler type. Like, that's what I would hope he ends up being, is kind of like Austin Eckler, um, who is a guy I don't really love. But I like Michael Carter. I'm going to end up with him in a bunch. If I need a running back, he's probably who I'm going to target. Um, I really yeah. like him. And, you know, that, that, that's a guy I'm going to target a lot of drafts and you'll see where we have him ranked at the end of the episode all right next at 109 we have the titans trading up for des fitzpatrick i'm not really putting much weight into this josh i think he's him and josh reynolds are probably the same guy and and i'm no, not really interested um so yeah i think he's whatever um not a guy i'm going to target anywhere not a guy i'm going to own anywhere all right next we have the lions taking amon ross st brown i think we both like this um a lot um, walking into probably one of the worst wide receiver rooms in the league. I think I would even put them behind the Texans. So um, he's going to get fed. I think I think Perriman and him will be kind of 1A, 1B. Um, and then Hawkinson, obviously. But um, I think the opportunity is good for a fourth-round draft pick here. To me, yeah, I think the opportunity is good. Volume might be there, but I really, really, really wish he would have been like a second-round pick for them. The fact that he was a fourth-round pick makes him so replaceable in future drafts. They're building for the future. I could see him totally washing out. Um, his upside, if he can, you know, comp to another USC wide receiver and Robert Woods with Jared Goff, you know, if I could squint and see that, that could get me excited. Um, but you know, I just think it's such little draft capital. Even though the team's bad, you know, I, I, if he flashes, I think it could be this year, and then he could be dead. So he's another guy that I might, you know, sell if yeah. he looks like, you know, he's kind of breaking into the lineup this year with Goff. But he's one of the, you know, guys this late that we would talk about and consider drafting. Um, but, you know, I'm not super excited about him. Next, we have the Vikings at 119 taking Kenny Nwangwu. I have no idea how his name. Supposedly he's a freak athlete, but no interest at all. Zero. And then we have the Patriots at 120 taking Ramondre Stevenson, just another boring one-dimensional back to add to their backfield. Probably zero interest at all. The only thing about him is it makes me a little like a worried line. about Damian Harris. No, just like, yeah, 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 if anything, I don't want this guy, but it makes me want Damian Harris a little bit less. That's all this, yeah, tri- that's all this pick agree. did. I would agree, and I love Damian Harris. So, mm-hmm. um, And then we have the football team at 124 taking John Bates. Don't even know who that is. Tight end, off my board. 
Yep. Um, no, not not going to take him anywhere. 126, the Panthers taking Chuba Hubbard. Um, maybe a handcuff, but again. I think a big-time so, handcuff. I mean, I would target yeah. him where I have CMC. I would definitely target him. I like the prospect. I like the offense. We saw what Mike Davis did. Um, I, I think he's definitely a guy. Now, he's not going to show up in our rankings, but he's definitely a guy I would target and bump above a ton of these guys if I have CMC. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, 127, the Colts taking Kylan Granson, tight end. Not interested at all. Zero. Um, the Bucks trading up to take Jalen Darden. Uh, their wide receiver room is stacked. Um, they say they like him a lot, um, but again, I think I, see, here's I think the he'll problem. Just be a kick this returner, is, I think. I, but this I is the know. perfect thing. I don't think there's a huge difference between him and Tutu Atwell. Like that's the problem with drafting Tutu Atwell. I don't think there's a huge yeah. difference between this guy and him. Yeah, I'd agree. And then we have uh, 131. The Ravens taking Tylen Wallace. They needed a receiver, so I mean, if you can squint and the opportunity will be there, that's fine. We liked him. All right, before yeah. the draft, I'm not saying this is like going to skyrocket him or drop him. I think no, this just keeps like him about keeps him about fourth where he round was. flyer. Yeah, yeah, fourth round flyer. Fine. Uh, Saints taking Ian Book, no interest there at all. Um, the Rams taking Jacob Harris, didn't know who that is. Probably not on my board. He was like a tight end that now plays wide receiver at UCF. Oh, yeah. Not he a lot of experience. Huge. He's like six no six interest. or something like that. Right? No interest. Yeah, no yeah. interest. How he went above to Marion Terry? There must be something I don't know. <laughs> That's true. Um, now we're on to the fifth round, so there might be only like one or two names we need to talk about here. Uh, Luke Farrell. I know there's at least one. Yeah, Luke Farrell, tight end, went to the nope. Jags. Not really interested. No interest. Not one of those tight ends we wanted to go to the Jags that we can get excited about. Um, then we have uh, the Texans taking Brevin Jordan. Um, File who was, away. Who was supposed I mean, to be? I mean, he was supposed to be tight end three going into the draft, and he fell behind all these guys we don't even know. Um, he's small they're bad i mean file yeah. it away if he looks good in the preseason fine but like if yeah. i'm doing rookie drafts now i'm not targeting him same thing as nico collins just opportunity maybe maybe he walks in and he plays right away but outside of that um not really interested uh kenny gainwell to the eagles who was consensus like rb4 going into the draft he fell all, the way, all this way i actually still kind of like him again but i think he's more in line with um chuba hubbard like a high-end handcuff um, if, if yeah. Sanders can't stay healthy. I like him in that vein. But as far as, like, standalone value and, and you know, taking him in the second round like he was, like, he was, like in, in mocks before the NFL draft, like, no thank you. I think for him, like, even if Sanders gets hurt, he's not going to be, like, a workhorse back. So he's purely a handcuff. But, again, I don't think he's ever going to be somebody that I'm, like, feeling good about if I'm planning on playing him going in. So purely a handcuff. If I don't get him, I don't care. All right, next we have the Vikings at 157, taking Amir Smith-Marset. Don't know who that is. Um, he played for Iowa. From what I've heard, he was actually really fast, like a speed guy. Um, just never could stay healthy. I have no interest in him at all. Not uh, a lot of guys I didn't know who they were in the NFL draft because I <laughs> follow this very closely. No clue. Yeah. It wasn't a great fourth and fifth round for me as a Vikings fan, having two, a running back and a wide receiver taken – back to back that i have no idea who they are um next we have the chiefs trading up for noah gray not interested nope uh vikings took zach davison tight end not interested 
Cowboys taking Simi Fajoko out of Stanford. Not interested. He's, I mean, some people did like him, but again, yeah. that wide receiver room is so, um, so stacked. And the last one, I, I we might be, talk like five seconds on this, is the Chiefs taking Cornell Powell. We knew they were going to take like a – we wanted them to take a, a second, like a wide receiver to, to add to the room to maybe push um, like Miko Hartman to push for some playing time with Sammy Watkins leaving. But I think this late and um, – I don't think I don't know if that's really a viable option. To me, this is another one to file away. Like if we start reading good reports about him, or he's looking good, or we see him in preseason, then he's a guy I will like. Like reports could sway me on him because I like yeah. the situation. I obviously love the team. I like the depth chart and what it looks like for him. But right now, I'm not excited about. It. I'm not going to go after him. I don't think he's a great prospect. So you can see that even that fifth round, there was like barely anything to talk about. That's yeah. why we didn't go sixth, seventh in UDFAs. We will talk about them as the kind of the offseason goes on. If there's anybody we like, we'll kind of highlight that. We're not going to run through them to bore you with it. But I do want to kind of jump right into our rankings. And we're not going to give a ton of explanation for these as we just went through every player. But if you are doing a draft right now and you want our rankings, these are our consensus rankings. We're not going to tell you who has who ranked where because we're going to get into some of our ranking differences in future episodes. Um, and we're we're going to do real full three round super flex mock draft next week and then a one quarterback mock draft two weeks from now. Um, and the reason we're going to do the one quarterback later is if you still are doing a one quarterback league, then you definitely don't have a league that's trying to draft the same week as the NFL draft. Um, but we are going to get to those. We are going to talk about those differences. So you'll see exactly why and where Aaron and I differ and have players. But just to kind of run through these. Um, I'll just start going one from the next, and then, Aaron, you can jump in and say anything that you want to kind of to point out where we have these players. So number one with a bullet in a super flex draft, we have Trevor Lawrence. Um, no difference. At number two, we have Trey Lance, which is interesting because neither one of us actually ranked him number two, and his consensus is number three, um, but he's the number two on these rankings. Number three is Najee Harris. So why do you think we have Najee Harris above some of these other quarterbacks in super flex rankings right now? I think just because he's a sure thing and and he's 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 probably the only running back in this class where you're just like, yep, lock it in. He's gonna increase in value. Like stud workhorse running backs are really hard to find. Yeah. So when you have them, if you have any questions about quarterbacks, then you still gotta jump on those running backs. I think if they're if they're just locked in on a team that's gonna run the ball like the Steelers are. The next two that we have are Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. Um, so that kind of rounds out the stud quarterbacks. But before we get to that last fifth quarterback that a lot of people like, now is when we kind of go on a wide receiver run. We have Jamar Chase at number five, Devonta Smith at number six, Jalen Waddell as number at number seven. Um, yes, we as a consensus have Devonta Smith above Jalen Waddle. We'll talk about why that is in another episode. After those stud wide receivers is where we hit um, the stud tight end, Kyle Pitts. Then we get to Javante Williams. Then we have Mac Jones, one spot ahead, Travis Etienne. Um, and I think that's 12. So that kind of rounds out our top 12. Did I get to 12? Or is that? Yep. No, yeah, okay. Not, so that's kind of our top 12. So what are your thoughts? So we have a lot of the, we have all the running backs, oh, a lot of the wide 11, receivers. So Etienne would be 12. Okay, Mac so Jones. Mac Jones and then Etienne. So yeah, so we have the top three running backs, top three wide receivers, top tight end, and all five quarterbacks in our first round. Is that what you think people should do in target? Yeah, I mean, like we were saying leading into the draft, this is the same top 12, top 13 that we were saying don't let draft position kind of have the – they're not going to drop out of this top 13, this top 12 tier. They might move around a spot up, spot down within the 13, but I think it's the same guys we were talking about going into the draft. 
And then I would kind of add Bateman, who we have next at 13, in the top 13. Like, we pretty much had yeah. those 13 guys locked in top 13. It didn't change based on their landing spot, and I don't think it should change if you're drafting now. Like, those are the top 13 guys. Those are who you should, who you should target. Now, we've only ranked nine more guys, and we'll talk about why at the end. Most of them are wide receivers. The very next one we have at 14 is Elijah Moore. Then at 15 and 16, we have Trey Sermon and Michael Carter. The reason for that is there are so many wide receivers here, and like zero other running backs we think could even be a potential starter. So if you really need a running back, I would say it's totally fine to take Trey Sermon and Michael Carter over Elijah Moore. Do you agree with that or disagree with that if you're drafting right now? Yeah, if you're looking for, if you need a running back and you're drafting for need in the second round, like those are the last two guys. And then then it's a long ride to to whoever you think is is uh, RB6. Gainwell or Hubbard. After, or Gainwell whoever. or Hubbard. Yeah. You're, not get, you're not getting anything from them. You can squint and say Michael Carter's going to dominate the Jets' backfield, and, th- and that's what you would be drafting him for in this position. But beyond that, you're drafting pretty much just handcuffs. We love Bateman, but you could. I wouldn't be mad at you if you took Sermon or Carter even over Bateman if you really needed a running back because There's so literally many like the next 15 guys are receivers, yeah. right? So, okay, so after Carter, here's how we have the receivers ranked. Kadarius Toney, then Rondell Moore. So what, where are we at? So that was 14, 15, 16. So starting at 17, we've got Kadarius Toney. 18, Rondell Moore. 19, Amari Rodgers. 20, Nico Collins might be a surprise, ahead of number 21, Terrace Marshall. And then number 22, Amon Ross St. Brown. And that is it. We have stopped our rankings at number 22. Why is that, Aaron? This class was just, like you were saying, this class is just historically bad, it seems. Um, It was supposed to be super deep. It was supposed to be hyped going into it. And it just seemed like the NFL draft kind of killed all that for a lot of these um, second round and beyond guys that were that were thought of to go in the second round of these rookie drafts that were that was so deep and like you want to get all the seconds and maybe even like early thirds it's just kind of the nfl didn't really value them the same way so it, it just kind of puts a kind of a buzz kill on a lot of those prospects coming in yeah and i mean really these 22 guys even i i wouldn't even have st brown on this list really i think it's 21 guys we'd be pretty happy to get and if i have a pick outside of the top 21 picks i would try to trade it now i would try to couple picks to jump inside that 21 before everybody does their rankings we have our set if you can combine three or four picks outside of this to jump into this top 19 i think you do it now you jump on it now while people are excited and they want to get as many rookies as they can there are really not that many guys exciting outside the top 20 um, picks in this year's draft. So if you can jump up, we have done that in a couple leagues. I think you absolutely should do that. That's why we only rank this amount of guys. Yeah, there's going to be somebody drafted at 31 that ends up being good, but the, the chances are so slim that I think you know our advice would be jump up into this top 21 or 22. As many picks inside that top 21 or 22 that you can get um, will be the way you win this year. And if you can trade for future picks, do that too. Get rid of your picks outside of the top 21. In our yeah, opinion. trade trade your third this year for a third next year if you have to. I mean, exactly. Just don't let okay. it go to waste. So let's talk about our trade of the week, and we're moving pretty quickly because it's a long episode. Here's our trade of the week, and we're going to couple it with an explanation of what is happening in a real uh, money league fantasy draft, dynasty draft that's happening, the rookie draft that started at 8 o'clock on Saturday. We had the 101. Our trade of the week a few weeks ago was how we got 101, which was LaVisca Chenault and 107 for 101. We put it on the block. We had absolutely no bidders. 
one guy comes to the table with an offer, and where did we end up, Aaron? So the the trade that got completed, which was a quite a bit away from where we started, um, but we sent, you know, it's always good to counter and work out these deals because you never know what can come from it. Um, he started at, hold on, he started at Ben Roethlisberger and who? And, and Aaron Jones. Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Jones. That was this guy's first offer for 101. QBs have way less value in this league. I'll just open that up. We've talked about it before. They barely score more than anybody else. It's barely a bonus to put them in Superflex. It is, but it's not as much of a difference as most leagues to have a quarterback in the Superflex spot versus a decent running back or wide receiver. So with that caveat, we started at Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Jones for 101. We really need running back help because Josh Jacobs kind of dipped and all we have is Cook and Jacobs. Basically, we've got nothing after that so that's where we started it was kind of enticing because we still like aaron jones where did we end up so we ended up giving the 101 the 205 jarvis landry and mike williams for nick chubb aaron jones julio jones and a 2023 second to us it felt like a home run i mean we needed running back we get Chubb and Jones. So we're and our team's awesome this year. So we get Chubb and Jones, and then we get Julio kind of just thrown in because he's obviously trying to go young. He obviously wants Trevor. He was bidding against himself because literally nobody else wanted this pick. They were making fun of us for keep putting it on the block. And so we get that, and our team is now stacked for this two- or three-year window. We've got Herbert. We've got Aaron Rodgers. We've got Tom Brady. And we've got Jimmy G, who hopefully keeps the job this year. So we've got some quarterbacks. And, I mean, we are just ready to roll now. And he really wanted that 205. So just like I said, I mean, I don't love this draft. Even the 17th pick overall, like who did we have at 17? I think that's where we had Kadarius Tony. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like he's the 17th pick. No thank you. I would trade him right now for this guy's 2023 20, second, which is what we did. I love it all the way around, however you cut it up. So if you just say, you know, Kadarius Tony for that 2023 20, second, then we traded 101 Jarvis Landry and Mike Williams for Chubb, Aaron Jones, and Julio Jones. That's a home run for a team that's going for it now, in our opinion. That's the trade of the re- trade of the week, but we have another trade to talk about. So let's go through how this um, draft has gone, which will also show you how quarterbacks have a little less value. 101 was Trevor Lawrence. 102 was Najee Harris, who I actually started arguing with Aaron a little bit about that we should consider him at 101 if we can't sell that pick. So just think of Najee Harris in that trade instead of Trevor Lawrence. That's even more of a slam dunk. Then at three went Jamar Chase. At four, who's potentially the worst player in the league that never makes any sense why they do anything, Kyle Pitts was her pick. It is a female. Um, She was 104. She needed all sorts of help at running back and wide receiver and decided to go Kyle Pitts. Basically, the only strength of her team is quarterback. Um, She went Kyle Pitts at four. Trey Lance went five. Travis Etienne went six. Justin Fields went seven. Devonta Smith went eight. Um, Zach Wilson went nine and Mac Jones went 10. And the guy that was picking 11 was pissed that Mac Jones did not fall to 11. So we had the run of quarterbacks. They're all gone. Me and Aaron talked about moving up to try to get Mac Jones as the Justin Herbert, Danny Dimes pick, which we've gotten both years in this league. The slow, I mean, mean, Herbert's not that slow, but the big white quarterback that nobody really wants, we've picked him every year, um, and it's turned out great for us. We hit a home run on a Dimes trade, and obviously we're going to keep Herbert forever. So right now, those are the first 10 picks. What are your thoughts, Aaron, on how the 10 picks have gone? Any surprises to you? I think Mac Jones is a surprise. I mean, that happened right when you were just listing off the team, or at least that's how it just popped up on my screen. 
It um, happened a few minutes ago during our podcast, but yeah. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything too crazy. I think Kyle Pitts went a little bit early for this not being super flex. Like like you let off the episode when we you were mean talking tight about tight end premium. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, like you let off. Like I wouldn't take him that early unless like. That's probably where he would go around in a tight end premium league, but non-tight end premium, I'm not touching him in the top maybe six, seven, eight. I'm not, I'm not doing that. So outside of Kyle Pitts going at four, and Mac Jones actually going at uh, ten, I don't think there's anything too shocking. I agree. I think the weirder stuff in these drafts is going to happen in the second and third round. Yeah. So. Next week, we'll be able to recap this draft in full because it's a slow draft. Everybody's got 24 hours to make a pick. So by next week, we should be done with the draft. Um, and that's where I think some of the weirder stuff where we're really going to disagree with. And we still have pick 212, pick 310, and pick 312. Now, going off what we just said about trading picks, I've tried to package all three of those to just move up a few spots to get us in that top 20 range. I think we're going to end up having a taker once we get to pick 203, 204, 205. At that point, they're going to drop back to 312, and we're going to give 310 I'm sorry, to 212, and we're going to give 310 and 312, unless we keep those picks just for content for the podcast and see who falls and do kind of an experiment because this league we're pretty stacked in, so to have kind of three shots on rookies to fill our taxi squad wouldn't be the worst. What I might try to do is move up from like 212 to 205 and give 310 and 312 and then pick up maybe some fourths and fifths so we can get some flyers late and just see who falls. But... That's all we have today. Our longest episode ever, probably. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. What's our handle, Aaron? At just another FFP. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Rate the podcast if you would. We're getting a couple more listeners, so that's why we wanted to make sure we bring out this podcast as quick as possible. So Monday, you have our rankings. You have our thoughts on the rookies. Use them. We're good at this stuff. It's going to help you be good at this stuff. We had fun doing this podcast today. We're going to have a lot more rookie talk in the future. And Aaron, we're done.